Hey, good morning, everyone. It is the third Sunday of Lent, and our passage this morning is out of Isaiah 55. Lisa and I couldn't be there with you this morning, so Graham is leading us through the liturgy and the songs, uh, along with everyone else serving this morning. Thank you to everyone who is uh, serving uh, so that we can worship together. Uh, when we think of Lent, uh, we are, again, three Sundays in, and typically what we think of uh, is giving something up and uh, withholding. We think of Jesus in his 40 days in the desert and how he um, uh, he gives, he fasts, and he's so he's giving up food, um, and he's tempted, and uh, he responds to those temptations by, by backing off from what the tempter offers to him. And so that's sort of the feeling of Lent, is backing off and saying no. And yet this morning from the, the our Hebrew Bible reading uh, from Isaiah, um, we get a very different feel from that passage. And I love how this starts. This is from Isaiah 55, and it's verses 1 to 7. And I've said this before, these, la these latter chapters of uh, Isaiah late in the book are just absolutely beautiful, and I love this. Um, it's not about holding back. It's about God offering us something. And I think this is a very powerful message for us to consider as we think about Lent. Lent offers us something. It's not something we just have to suffer through and uh, say no to things. It's about what we gain in the process. And what we gain is God. What we gain is what God has to offer. And we have a very special season that focuses on that. Um, and it gets a bad rap uh, sometimes. I heard someone this just this week say, oh, they hate Lent. They don't like Lent. They don't like it when it rolls around. Um, but I love this reading because it asks us what we want, not what we want to give up. And so we have the prophet Isaiah in um, chapter 55, verse 1, says, starts with a question. Is anyone thirsty? Is anyone thirsty? That's a sort of a rhetorical question. We're all thirsty uh, for something. And it goes on. It says, come and drink. Even if you have no money, come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. It's all free. And so very right at the beginning of this passage, we during this time where we're used to just giving up and pushing back and saying no, we have this passage that says that questions, what are you thirsty for? And it's worth answering. It's worth stopping on this passage and asking that question. What are you thirsty for? Uh, during this time of, uh, you know, upheaval overseas uh, and war with Russia and Ukraine, um, I'm just struck by how how many people are in in dire straits. Uh, they're they're refugees. They're on the run, and everything that they've come to know is uh, is gone right now. Uh, people are suffering. I was listening to a song, uh, a song I've always liked, and I figured I'd learn it. And it's uh, "Give Me Shelter" by the Rolling Stones. And I'm listening to this song, which is about war. And um, I thought, how. Uh, appropriate is to uh, think about uh, this song during our times. Um, war is just a it's just a shot away. It's just a shot away. Love is just a kiss away. And um, you know, there's there's wars all over. But right now, um, 
we're thinking about the Ukrainian people and on the run. And I think of this question, is everyone, is anyone thirsty? Are you thirsty? Yes. People are thirsty for home. People are thirsty for normalcy. Um, at home here, we're thirsty for, um, economics to sort of, uh, you know, come back to normal. Uh, the, the cost of living is just out of control. Um, uh, pandemic over the last few years has, uh, has stretched us and we're thirsty for normalcy. And then all of us individually bring our own, the only, the, all the things that we are dealing with, um, you know, in our own families, in our own workplaces, in our own uh, communities. Uh, and you are all thirsty. We're all thirsty for something. So it's worth stopping and asking yourself that question. What are the things that you're thirsty for right now at this point in time? During this month of Lent, uh, what are you thirsty for? And what this passage says is come and drink. Even if you have no money, come and drink. Take your choice of wine or milk. I love that. You have this idea of a, of a kid's drink and an adult's drink. Uh, wine and milk. Milk that, uh, builds, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's nourishing for us, something that's healthy for us. And then wine, something that's very celebratory. Take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food? This is verse two. That does not give you strength. Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. And so in these first two verses, it's asking us, what do you want? And then it brings up the issue that we spend so much time chasing after things that do not satisfy. And they cost us. It costs us to chase these things down that do not satisfy, right? There's a, the addictions that we have, and there's um, just um, just trying to find comfort in places that don't really offer comfort, trying to find rest in places that don't really offer rest, trying to find God, trying to find the divine, trying to find transcendence in areas that don't offer it. Why do we do it? It offers this question and it gets right at the heart of what Lent is about. And that is our desires. So if we go back to this kind of traditional and surface level understanding of Lent, where we just got to give something up, even if we're doing something that simple, we're just giving something up for 40 days. That is a very powerful thing because it's teaching us that our, des our desires are uh, sometimes the desires that just, uh, are there all the time and we don't really pay much attention to them, um, they don't have to be in control. You know, we can say no to something for a month and uh, tell our flesh and our body, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to, we're going to step away from the sweets. We're going to step away from the alcohol. We're going to step away from extra TV time or media or something like that and just teach our bodies that they are not in control, that we can rise above. And so at a basic level, this is dealing with desires. And then, you know, when we think about Jesus in the wilderness and 40 years in the wilderness or 40, uh, I'm sorry, 40 days in the wilderness, 
Um, he's being tempted and he's being tempted at the core of some desires that he has just simply to eat. He's hungry. He wants to eat. And the devil comes along and says, hey, you know, you could turn that rock into bread since you're the son of God. You could probably do that. And let me give you power over the nations. Think of all the good things that you could do with this power. And then he uh, tempts Jesus to presume upon his relationship with God. Just take God for granted. Throw yourself off this ledge. God will protect you. Take God and that relationship for granted. These are all getting to desires that Jesus is wrestling with. How do I pursue these desires in a way that is honoring uh, to the creator, to um, the creator of all of life. And so um, this is about desire. And I love how this starts. Are you thirsty? You know, what are your desires? What do you want? And then we have these questions. Why do we spend our time? Why do we spin our wheels on things that don't um, satisfy? And it reminds me of the passage. We're not really supposed to be talking about the resurrection now, but I'm going to go there anyway. It reminds me of the passage where the women uh, discover the empty tomb and the angel is, is saying, why do you seek the living among the dead? You know, and we do this so much. We chase things down and then we feel empty. We feel dissatisfied. We need more. We need more. We need more. So this passage, um, it gets to the heart of that. And I believe the prophet is trying to steer our sights towards God who offers us so much wine, milk, whatever you want. You don't need to pay for it. It's all free. So we, we introduce this idea of our thirsts, our thirsts and our desires. What do we want? And then it moves on. It says, come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love that I promised to David. And it's a call to understand. Uh, the prophet is, um, you know, the words of God, the, the prophet is uh, sharing the words of God, and God's challenging us uh, to understand something deeper, um, <clears throat> to understand this promise that he has. Come to me with your ears wide open, because it's possible to go to God with our ears completely shut. That's why he mentions it. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. And then he goes on to talk about David. See how I used him to display my power among the peoples. I made him a leader among the nations. You also will command nations you do not know and peoples unknown to you will come running to obey because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. So he's looking to David as an example. And so this would have been very powerful for the ancient Israelites. Um, looking back to their great king, David, uh, who's this icon of what a king should be um, and lives out these promises um, and, uh, you know, brings Israel to the golden age of their existence. And basically what God is saying is that, you know, look at, look at what I did with David. And God is casting their vision back to their history and saying, basically saying, God is faithful. Just as God is faithful and was faithful with David, God will also be faithful with us. And so when he says, listen to me and come to me, I have all this, you know, you don't need any money. I'm giving it for free. I will, you will find life with me. 
He's also pointing to David and saying, listen, I was faithful with David. I will be faithful with you. This is key, um, not only in the Hebrew Bible, but in the Christian uh, scriptures as well. Uh, we talked about this years ago that um, if Jesus was not raised from the dead, then our faith is in vain. Um, we are always being taught to look back to God's faithfulness uh, with Christ. Um, when Jesus was facing dark times, God was faithful. When Jesus was questioning whether to move ahead and basically being honest about the pain he was feeling, <clears throat> God was faithful. God was faithful. God was faithful. And so that's a very, we see this all throughout scripture, that we turn and look back to the things that God has done. And we remember that God is faithful so that we can trust and that we can set aside those things uh, that don't give us life and trust in what God is giving us. There's a person at North Harbor um, <clears throat> who's, who's always reminding me at various times that as we look back on North Harbor's history, that God has always been faithful, you know, uh, with, uh, usually this comes up with, uh, finances and when things are getting tight, this person is always reminding me and other people, God has always been faithful. Um, God has always been there for us. And, uh, and, and this person's right. They're, they're completely right. And I love it when our attention is turned that way because sometimes we forget. And um, so in this second section, it might be worth, uh, you know, answering that first question. What are you thirsty for? What's, what's really going on? We don't like getting, we don't like answering that because we feel vulnerable. You know, answering about our deepest desires is uh, we feel vulnerable. And so we want to avoid that. And so we, we seek our desires in ways that uh, short circuit vulnerability. And if we short circuit vulnerability, then we end up hurting other people and we end up hurting ourselves and it hurts our relationship with God and it hurts our relationship on this earth. And so, um, it's hard, it's hard to be honest about what our true desires are, but we start with that question. Are you thirsty? You know, come to me. Why are you seeking things that don't give you uh, pleasure? Why are you seeking things that don't do you any good? Why are you spending money on it? It, it has this idea that it costs us. And then let's remember God's faithfulness. So where can you turn in your own uh, history and look back on God's faithfulness? You know, what are you going through now that uh, something in the past, maybe God has showed up in the past and speaks to, you know, what you're going through now. Maybe it doesn't seem related um, at first, but uh, it is. You know, God is faithful and God... Um, we see all throughout scripture with David, with Jesus, with Moses, with Abraham, God is faithful. God remembers and loves and it comes at us with love always. Um, and then finally, we, we close this section and it comes back to some instruction. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Verse six, call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord, that they may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. He will forgive generously. And so we end with this generosity, this picture of generous forgiveness, just like we began with generous um, <clears throat> resources that God has for us, a generous offer of, of wine or milk um, and um, food, things that we consume. 
Um, <clears throat> but I love this because it says, seek the Lord while you can find him. And so the Bible, even when you have a passage like this that is very inviting, it's it's inviting you to come in. There's a challenge there as well. Um, <clears throat> sometimes I feel like in our culture, one of the weaknesses of our culture right now is that we can get caught up in like everything's good. Everything's okay. You're good. I'm good. You do you. Uh, I'll do me. And we're all good. And it's not always good. I mean, when we're, when we're engaged in behavior that's harming ourselves, harming our bodies, harming the people around us, there's a call to stop. And what's going on underneath is some sort of a desire that we're trying to live out and we're, we're living it out in a way that is harmful. Um, we, we're trying to satisfy something by taking. And when we take, people get hurt. Um, and we see this, we're seeing this on a global scale with the war over in Ukraine. Um, people are taking, uh, they're stepping in and taking stuff from other people and not recognizing another nation's sovereignty and all that. So that's the big global scale, but it happens individually as well. When we're short with people, when we just try to grab, uh, something or trying to grab time from people, we're trying to grab resources from people. We're trying to, and we're trying to fill and fill and fill. And so there is a place, and I love this, and actually our New Testament readings this morning from 1 Corinthians and, and Luke uh, have a stronger, it, they, they come off as a bit harsh. You know, Jesus comes off a bit harsher there, and Paul comes off as a bit harsher there. And sometimes we shy away, we push back, and we're like, oh, we don't like this. It's not very politically correct. It doesn't feel good. Uh, but part of it is that it's an ancient culture. They speak differently than we do, and we need to understand that. But also, there is a call to change. There is a call to return to God. There is an acknowledgement that we've been seeking things in a way that is harmful to ourselves and, a harm, and harmful to others. And we need to... God calls us to stop, to listen, and to return. And that is, that's vulnerable. That takes trust. That takes faith. And it's hard to do. And will God let me down? And we have these examples of like David. God didn't leave David down. He didn't let David down. He was faithful. And uh, he didn't let Jesus down. God was faithful. God will be faithful to you. God loves you and wants to give and give and give. But it does require a turning, a turning from something to Jesus, a turning from desires, um, our desires being worked out in ways that are harmful and turning to God. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he's near. Let the wicked change their ways. Banish, banish. I love that. That's like, get it out. Get it as far away from you as possible. This is definite action. And the season of Lent is this time where we enter into giving something up, looking at our desires, and returning to God, and trying to find those ways, uh, and, and, and listening to God, and learning about those ways in which we, we, uh, <clears throat> we consume, and we consume, and we consume uh, as ways of <clears throat> fulfilling these desires in, in ways that we're not designed to, to do. And so um, the Bible, it has a definite call to return. Um, <clears throat> and so here's the homework, is to think about what truly do you want? Are you thirsty? Where are you thirsty? Um, <clears throat> why 
are we seeking ways to fill that that thirst, that need, um, in ways that cost us and and don't work? Um, remember that God is faithful, and then return. What do we do to return? So um, <clears throat> that's it. That's Isaiah fifty five. Um, <clears throat> it's a beautiful, beautiful passage. I love it. Uh, spend time with it. Think about it. Answer the questions in there, whether they're rhetorical or whether they're not. Spend time with it. Um, <clears throat> and so, uh, I'm going to finish out with some songs, uh, take communion. And uh, my prayer is that this this period of Lent, uh, and for me, this period of Lent is instead of backing away from something, I'm trying to engage in something um, that is creative and uh, engages my imagination. And by doing that, I got to carve out time. I got to say no to other things. I got to be able to carve out time to to work on this project, which is going to engage my imagination. And it deals with that idea of desire. What do I want to make? What do I want to build? What kind of art am I creating here? And how am I going to make that happen? How am I saying no to the thing? So maybe your Lent looks like that as well. It doesn't have to be just saying no to something. It could be saying yes to something as well. It's a time to return uh, to God. So think about those things. Um, sorry we couldn't be there this morning, but uh, we love you all and hope you're doing well and hope that God is speaking to you during this time of Lent and seeking out God and listening to God. All right, this is my prayer. Amen.